sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Of our two-hour extravaganza on this Sunday morning. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking it right up until 10 a.m. Eastern time. Our toll-free telephone number, maybe some calls this hour, 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You can send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact, Scott Icon, and fire away. Talking a little NFL with the big trade that went down late last night. As uh, the Lions and Rams hook up uh, one quarterback for another, plus a couple of first-round draft choices going Detroit's way as well. Stafford going to the Rams, Jared Goff going to the Lions, and the Lions pick up a 2022 and 2023 first-round picks uh, from the Rams, as well as a third-round pick in this year's draft. So, deal can't be made official until the start of the new year, which is March 17th. So, you're going to get all these reportedly's and everything else, but uh, you know, enough people are saying it now where. Uh, unless something crazy happens, that that is going to be the deal. Uh, discussing it in that it, it's fitting and it, it, it's typical when hindsight obviously is twenty twenty. But Lions hired a new GM, Brad Holmes. Where is he from? L.A. Rams. Where was uh, Stafford uh, going? L.A. Rams. Uh, you know where, where's Jared Goff going? To Brad Holmes and the now Detroit Lions. So it's the old boys network. It is amazing. You know I, I don't remember honestly. My bad. What the odds were on the Rams being the destination for Matthew Stafford on FanDuel? Like they have odds on where Deshaun Watson's going. They had it for Stafford as well. We just looked at them Friday night, and and I forget where the Rams were on the list. But boy. You know, little little pieces like that. Now, are there a number of Ram officials that are sprinkled around the league? Probably. So it's easy to say, well, he was with the Rams, so naturally the, the trade makes a lot of sense. Uh, but there might be a couple of other teams that have former Rams on there as well. But when everything is said and done, here's a guy that was in the Rams front office, helped trade or helped the draft golf, and now he's going to, you know, be uh, – bringing him over to Detroit. So my thing is, you know, if uh, boy wonder Sean McVay couldn't make Jared Goff an NFL starting quarterback in essence, you tell me Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions, the bumbling, stumbling Detroit Lions, haven't won a big game in basically 30 years. You got to go back to Barry Sanders the last time they were, uh, you know, even playing in a big game, let alone win one, right? You're telling me that organization is going to bring out the best in Jared Goff? I have my doubts, and I think that's why they got two number ones. I, I think they said, all right, we'll, we'll take golf off your hands. The, the monster contract, the idiotic, moronic contract that GM Les Seaton gave him uh, two years ago when he didn't have to. I'll, I'll take that albatross off your hand, but it's going to cost you. And not, not just a third-round pick, not just a first-round pick, but two number ones in addition to that third-round pick. I think I am I'm 100% positive that's exactly how that thing went down. That is addition by subtraction for the Rams, and that's the Lions saying, all right, if we're going to take this guy and we're, he's got to be committed, he's got a brand-new four-year contract, and we're going to take this guy off your hands, you got to give us another number one. We're, we're not doing this for one number one, and that's where the Rams said, okay, we'll do it. In exchange for Matthew Stafford, Matthew stinking Stafford. Wow, I, I still can't get over that. 
He stinks. I'd just as soon have golf. I really would. I'll say I can, uh, you know, get golf to back to where I thought he would be. Not Stafford. Opposite picks on this Sunday morning, taking you right up until uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, as we always do. So Lions get the golf, Rams get Stafford. And as we reminded uh, Ram fans uh, first hour, Matthew Stafford, you think you're getting Aaron Rodgers, you're kidding yourself. You think you're getting uh, Drew Brees. You think you're getting uh, Tom Brady. You think you're getting any of the good quarterbacks in the NFL. He is in the bottom rung of quarterbacks. Always was, always will be. He'll be 33 next week, February 7th. He's past his prime. He's got two years left on his contract. You're going to have to extend him because of salary cap purposes. Uh, and you look at his resume, 74 and 90 and won in 12 seasons, 16 games under 500. He's never won a division championship, never won a playoff game, three wild card appearances, 0 for 3. He's 9 and 54. I, I can't get over that number. 9 and 54 versus teams that end up with a winning record at the end of the year. That is beyond atrocious. Uh, he's 5 10 and 1 against the NFC West. Obviously, with the Lions, maybe a different scenario with the Rams. I get that, but still, just going to throw the numbers out there. Not 5 10 and 1. Now, he's had eight seasons to throw him for 4,000 yards. He threw him for over 4,000 this year. So he still obviously has something left, 26 touchdowns. But he's had Hall of Fame wide receivers in Megatron. He's had good teams. He's had good defenses. Those Indomitian Sioux Lion teams were actually pretty good defensively. He's not been asked to throw the football 50 times a game in order to win. He hasn't had a great running attack. I'll, I'll grant you that. But that, come, that comes with him throwing for 4,000-plus yards. I mean, he has he's 9-54. He doesn't win big games. He doesn't win games against good teams. It's as simple as that. And you want to lay it off on the Lions being just a bad organization? Not me. He's part. Of, he was part of the problem, not part of the solution. That's how I view these things. I look at players that are on bad teams, and I say, are you part of the problem or are you part of the solution? Matthew Stafford was part of the problem in Detroit. And him switching teams and switching cities is not going to change things. It will not. You, you, you Ram fans are getting a bad quarterback. It's as simple as that. Or a mediocre quarterback. Let's put it that way. So, couldn't win in Detroit. You're not going to win in L.A. either. I refuse to believe it. I got to see that to believe it. Lion fans are in for a big surprise when they see interception after interception after fail drive after loss after loss after loss. You think he's beating Russell Wilson? Not a chance. Opposite picks of this Sunday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Well, Ben has been in and talked to Coach about it, and, and Ben wants to come back and play. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, I think... Coach and Ben have had a couple of good conversations now, but uh, you know, Coach uh, and Kevin have both been candid with Ben in terms of uh, you know letting him know that the current contract structure is not going to work, and so we're we're going to have to figure out if we can work together to you know to craft something that uh, that we all can live with. So more conversations to come there, and uh, you know uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Obviously, as I said before, we kind of need to know what the salary cap number is first before we can figure that out. And, you know, and that applies to a lot of different con contract situations that we have to look at. 
That's Pittsburgh Steelers exec owner uh, Art Rooney, the 150th. You know what's interesting about that, those comments coming this weekend, maybe Friday. He didn't exactly sound, maybe even Thursday, maybe. He didn't sound exactly thrilled with Ben Roethlisberger's, you know, uh, thinking that he wants to come back, did he? You know, you would think, you know, like the Colts openly said, hey, listen, Phillip Rivers, take all the time you need. We want you to come back. The team is here for you. If you want to come back, you're our starting quarterback. Uh, They made no bones about it, right? Uh, But the Pittsburgh Steelers with Roethlisberger, and again, I didn't really think there was that much decision-making in the case of Ben. I didn't realize he was, you know, relatively close to thinking about saying, no, I'm, I'm done. Um, you know, it's amazing. There are a couple of guys out there that we haven't really talked about that we should. And, you know, th- there's Rooney Jr., 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 uh, basically saying, all right, if he wants to come back, you know, we'll, we'll try and make it happen, but he's going to have to come way down in salary. I mean, you know, you know, otherwise we can't get it done. So he didn't exactly, oh, you know, put out the welcome mat for Big Ben. He really didn't for a guy that, uh, you know, was 11-0 and and talking about going undefeated and everything else. And I know he played lousy the last month plus of the season. I get all that. But I found that very interesting. The, the tenor tone of his voice was not exactly uh, in the welcoming mode. Uh, if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, well, I don't know where they would go. I mean, have they not seen Mason Rudolph? I mean, he obviously stinks, but maybe they want to turn the page. Maybe they think – I get the sense that they think maybe there's a quarterback out there this year, whether it's Jameis Winston's, I, I don't know who, that they think might not be available next year. So they'd like to kick Ben out this year, but they can't obviously do that. You can't kick out the all-time, you know, he's probably better than everything said and done than, than Bradshaw, believe it or not, numbers-wise, obviously, definitely. Uh, I mean, you can't kick him out the door, although we did see the Patriots, in essence, do that with Brady, didn't we? But, I, you know, Lions have a little bit more class, I suppose. So, I, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get the sense that they really, uh, you know, wanted him to say he's coming back next year, but he is. Detroit Free Press, uh, I, I think I'm canceling my subscription. They said yesterday or Friday, leading candidates in the Matthew Stafford trade hunt? Indianapolis Colts? Nope. San Francisco 49ers? Nope. And uh, Washington Potatoes, the Redskins? Nope. (laughs) No no mention of the L.A. Rams. Way to go, guys. I'm glad. Hopefully you're cashing that paycheck soon. You You had three teams. You had three strikes, for goodness sakes. You didn't even pick one. You know, there's a no limit there. You could have put any number of teams in your story, and they put yesterday the leading candidates, Colts, 49ers, and Redskin Potatoes. <laughs> nice job. Yeah, I'll pay my money for the Detroit Free Press. Um, and I, I did a whole big thing here for, on each team and the pros and cons, and obviously we could throw that story out the window. Don't need that. So, so much for the insights and the insiders from the Detroit Free Press. I'm telling you, these guys, I've said it a thousand times. I don't begrudge them. They're making a living. Knock yourself out. I don't care. But if you think these so-called insiders have inside scoop, not happening. I told you that with Peter King. Now, in the end, he was right, but it's not about being right. It was about making up a story. You'll never convince me that five GMs told Peter King that they would be willing to give up number one picks for Matthew Stafford. Uh, I I could have done a story. I could come on the air and say, listen, my sources are telling me that the Lions are going to get a number one pick at least for Stafford. I knew that. I wouldn't have done it. But I figured, okay, the way quarterbacks are in this league and with the amount of teams that need quarterbacks – 
we all figured that they were going to get at least a number one. But, you know, make up a story when you say that someone actually told me that. Because no GM, nobody is telling anybody anything. And this Detroit Free Press story is proof of that. You know, you listed 5,000 teams except the one that actually made the trade. Nice going, guys. Nice going. Uh, you got you to gotta like that. Uh, brother, 844-843-6879. You know, speaking of trades, let me get to this for a second. Because this one broke Friday night. I don't know what... The Colorado Rockies are thinking. I really don't. What they traded Nolan Arenado to the St. Louis Cardinals this weekend. And we'll check the updated odds on FanDuel. The guy signed a contract. He's like the Deshaun Watson of Major League Baseball, I guess. He signed a contract extension at the beginning of last year, January 2019. Eight-year monster $260 million extension with Colorado. Everything must have been golden, right? He must have loved the fans, must have loved the front office, must have loved the manager, loved his teammates. I mean, I would think, right? I mean, you sign that kind of deal, make a commitment eight years to a club, everything's got to be honky-dory. I don't know what happened from that point on, except maybe he just signed on the dotted line, even though he hated the organization to begin with, uh, knowing he could force his way out. But he had issues with the team's front office. I guess he felt like they were downsizing when he wanted the upside. And uh, he sought out a trade. Again, the Deshaun Watson, really. I, I mean, just a carbon copy. Sign a contract, monster contract, make a commitment. One year later, tell the world that the team sucks. So in Arenado's case, just like Watson, he has no trade clause. Compensation for him waiving his no trade clause, he's going to get a $15 million kicker. He's going to be paid an extra $15 million in 2027. So he's got, in essence, a nine-year, $275 million contract, which, oh, by the way, he can opt out. I, I tell you, these GMs that give these opt-outs, they they are just idiots. I, 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 tell, I wouldn't give it. I don't care if Babe Ruth came out of the grave. I would never in a million years give the player the ability to opt out. I, I, I just wouldn't. Wouldn't do it. Sorry, not doing it. So he can opt out after next year and the following year. He won't. Why would he, right? But he can, which is the point. But he's getting paid. Think about this. He's the one that's forcing the trade. Rockies don't want to trade him. But he's forcing a trade. And the Rockies are going to go out of their way to trade him. But then they're going to have to put in a $15 million kicker. Because he's waiving his no trade clause. Even though he's the one that's asking for the trade. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then, if the stories are true... And I'll take them for their word. The Rockies are kicking in fifty million dollars. He's owed still two hundred million. They are going to pay fifty million dollars for a guy that's not going to be on their roster. One quarter of his salary. Wow, that tells you nobody wanted Nolan Arenado. Nobody. And you know what? I don't blame him. He is the classic example of a course hitter. 322 batting average at Coors Field, 264 on the road, 264. Now, there are, granted, a lot of guys, not just in Coors Field. There are a lot of guys that hit better at home, whether it's just you're in your own surroundings, you're more familiar, you're in your own rooms, you're not in a hotel, whatever the case may be, you get the hometown fans yelling and screaming for you. Um, you know, so it's not 
weird to have splits of, you know, 10, 15, 20, even 25 points. But we're not talking that. We're talking 20, 30, 26, 36, 46. We're talking about a 48-point difference at home and on the road. That is a big difference. You're paying $20 million for a 264 hitter. That's what you're doing, St. Louis Cardinal fans. So as much as I wouldn't have made the deal if I'm Colorado because I'm not ponying up $50 million for a guy that's not on my roster, I don't know if I would have done it from St. Louis' standpoint either for a guy that's a lifetime 264 hitter on the road. And he's been in the league long enough. This is not just one or two years. That's a bad trade on everyone's front as far as I can see. Opposite picks on a Sunday morning from Series 6 SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. update the uh, poll question on this uh, Sunday morning. Who won the Stafford golf trade from last night? LA Rams, Detroit Lions, NFC North, NFC West. Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 10 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, Lions getting 53% of the vote, leading the way so far. Rams 33, NFC North teams 11, and uh, NFC West teams getting uh, just under 2% of the vote. So go to your opposite picks, the Twitter feed, get your vote in, and we'll update that one more time before we are through got a couple of things on uh on youtube uh, guys going back and forth here a little bit uh you know with the pittsburgh steelers and ben roethlisberger we spoke about that uh steven writes in about how the uh, steelers have ben's 41 million dollar cap hit uh mike hilton joe hayden uh pouncey juju smith and a bunch of others with with salary cap issues yep but they they got some uh that that may be the changing of the guard i, I can tell uh, I don't know if it will be Cleveland. I don't know if they have the the wherewithal to really kind of take hold of that division. Baltimore obviously is still there. Uh, Burrow and the Bungles, you think, are ready to make a, a bit of a move. But clearly, out of the four teams, and you hate to say this, you know, with the Bungles being part of this equation, but out of the four teams, Pittsburgh is the one that seems like they're in the most trouble. Pittsburgh's the one where, and that goes back to, you know, Rooney Jr., 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 not being too enthralled about Big Ben coming back. You know, if he sees the writing on the wall, then it's going to be a long year next year. That team's going to have to bottom out. That team was like that close this year. You know, uh, they get Ben back and everything looks great for three months, 11-0, cruising, maybe an undefeated season. And now they're the worst team in their division. I mean, future-wise, right? I mean, would you rather have the, the Bungles' future with, with uh, Joe Burrow? I would. Would you rather have the Ravens' future with Lamar Jackson and company? I would. Would you even dare I even suggest it have the Browns future? You know, probably, right? I mean, the, the Steelers don't have a quarterback on their roster that seemingly can win a Super Bowl anymore. So they, 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 they I think this upcoming season, you bet the FanDuel, when they post out the over-unders, uh, I, I bet Pittsburgh's over-under is going to be around eight. I mean, that That's my guess, right around eight. By the way, the Rams and Lions, they do play each other. Now, the full schedule has not been released. <clears throat> but they do play, and so 
that'll be uh, obviously interesting to see where they uh, where they play and, and when they play. Um, but who knows? Uh, NBA last night, a uh, couple things. Let's run them down to scores here. Little notes on each one. Uh, Damian Lillard last night. How about that? You know, a little uh, Reggie Miller all over again, Nick fans. He scored not one but two three-pointers in the final eight seconds. Well, the one cut it to a two-point lead. They tie up uh, Zach Levine, uh, turn the ball over as the Jailblazers win a jump ball. They get it to Lillard, who hits a three-pointer fading away over uh, marketing to win at 123-122. Tough loss. If you're a Bulls fan, you're up five with less than 10 seconds left, and you got to win that game. That's a brutal loss. Uh, say what you want about Lillard, but he he is uh, one for the dramatics. 44 points last night. Hornets beat the Bucks 126-114. to 114. Milwaukee, I tell you, if it's Dallas in the West, and I think it is as far as the surprise disappointing team at 8-12, clearly Milwaukee in the East. 11 and 8. 11 and 8 this year. I told you, I did not like that Drew Holiday trade. I thought he, I, I don't like Drew Holiday at all. I think he's overrated. I don't even think he's rated. I, I don't even think he's that good. I mean, they, they paid a boatload for him, and he can leave at the end of the year. And I brought this up come trade that deadline time when you made that deal. You know, they gave up a ton of draft choices and everything else for this guy, and he could walk if he doesn't like it in Milwaukee. And, and right now, if I'm Drew Holiday, I'm saying get me the fudge out of here. Eleven and eight, get walloped by the Hornets, one twenty-six to one fourteen, despite thirty-four and eighteen from uh, the Greek freak, who is really not Greek. Rockets win their fifth in a row, one twenty-six, one twelve over the Pelicans. Uh, Christian Wood with twenty-seven points for the Rockets, who all of a sudden at nine and nine are turning into a halfway decent team. Rockets better record than the Nets since the uh, Harden trade. He gets Jimmy Butler back. Scores 30, helps them beat the Queens, 105-104. Lakers last night over the Celtics, 96-95. Boston blows a seven-point lead entering the fourth quarter. Kemba Walker misses a shot at the buzzer. This guy is never coming through for Boston. I didn't mind the signing and everything like that, that you know, but local kid, Connecticut. But I tell you, he was awful in the postseason last year, and he has another opportunity to, to seal a win, and he misses a shot at the buzzer. 30 for Jason Tatum. Marcus Smart goes out. He'll have an MRI in his cap. Not looking good. AD, good game for him. Rare time as he scores uh, 27 points. Grizzlies beat the Spurs, 129-112. No big deal there. Suns kept the Mavs reeling, 111-105. to Dallas has now lost 8 of 10. Donjic, uh 29 points. He called out the team afterwards, as he should. 8-12. and 12. Boy, that's amazing. 2-8 their last uh, uh, 10 games. Only 2-5 at home. And if the postseason were to begin, they would not be part of that. How about that? And Golden State last night blew out the Pistons 118-91. to So the same Piston team that somehow or another beat the uh, uh, Lakers uh, this week uh, lose by 27 to, to Golden State. NHL last night, uh, a couple of things here. Uh, you know, we don't spend too much time on hockey. I do like hockey, but I understand about 3% of the audience likes it. So I, I don't, you know, waste people's time with it. But, you know, uh, we, we will talk about it for sure. Um, interesting last night in that uh, Alex Ovechkin and the Capitals beat the Bruins 4-3. Uh, five, five, Ovechkin scores in overtime, his 24th overtime goal. He leads the NHL. Now, listen, they haven't had overtimes, you know, throughout the history of the NHL. So this record is a little skewed. But he does have the record uh, for most overtime goals, 24. Uh, Crosby is third on the list. He got number 18 last night as Pittsburgh beat the Rangers 5-4. to four. Uh, How about St. Louis? Scored three goals in the first uh, 
126 seconds of their game, and uh, and they win. Three goal. I mean, like, if you if you got the stadium late, uh, of course, no fans in the stands. But if you did, if there were, you know, in Anaheim, uh, you gave up three goal. The game was over. They lose six to one. Blues win at six to one. And uh, what else? There was one other little game there. Oh, uh, Zazana Char goes up against the Bruins, although he gets hit in the face, so he had to leave the game. And Carolina did win. Uh, you know, watching Carolina Dallas a little bit, and one of the announcers pointed it out. It's like that's right. I forgot about that. Um, Carolina, you know, last year started that thing at home where they go into this choreographed—I don't know what you want to call it—after home wins where they do this whole skit, basically. But obviously, they're not doing that this year because there aren't any fans in the stands. That'd be kind of weird if they were doing that with, uh, you know, an empty stadium. But uh, they beat Dallas last night four to one, so we kind of missed that. It's one of the fun things about the, the NHL, uh, what the what the Panthers were doing last year. Top twenty-five college basketball, nothing crazy. Zags beat Pepperdine last night, end up covering by 197.75. So the Zags an over uh, parlay hit, which uh, one of the rare times because their games have been going under, not by a lot and not because they haven't scored, just because the opposing team hasn't scored. Uh, Zag is averaging 90 points a game. Uh, and it, they've been like sneaking under the uh, total every game, but last night not the case. Baylor beats Auburn, the number two ranked team in the country, by 12. Villanova beats Seton Hall by the whole. Pirates are nine and eight. They got off to a great start this year. Looked like this was going to be a special year, and they've lost back-to-back games against the big boys. They blew a 16-point lead against Creighton this week, and uh, they lose by eight to Villanova yesterday, 80-72. Virginia Tech beat Virginia, 65-51. That uh, strikes your fancy uh, somewhat. Florida wins at West Virginia. 85-80. 85-80. That Florida team's a peculiar team. Boy, they got some nice wins, and then they got some weird losses. Speaking of win, how about Missouri and TCU? TCU this week played that, that god-awful, what was it, 55-51, whatever it was, score against Kansas. Yesterday, they put 98 on the board, lose to Missouri 102-98. I played both, and you know what? Both came through. Not, not a bad little system. I played the over in the TCU game and the over in the Kansas game. Again, they played this week, and it was, uh, I want to say 55-51, but it was something something like that, right? It was, uh, I'll give you the exact score, 59-51. Both teams just shot horribly, obviously, just, just brutal basketball. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm big into the bounce-back mode. I really am. So I said, you know what, let me just play a hunch. Um, you know, the numbers were, were, were down a little bit. It was only 130.5 for the Tennessee-Kansas game. I forget what it was for Missouri right around there. I said, you know, I'm just going to play a hunch that two teams that were that bad offensively are going to bounce back. And lo and behold, it was Missouri 102-98, albeit in overtime, but still would be able to flown way over in regulation. That went over, and then Tennessee knocked off Kansas 80-61. That one flew over. And how about Kansas lost again? Wow. It's a rich, you know, the Dookie Pukies won big, so they've kind of broken out of their three-game losing streak funk. Uh, Kentucky, their game against Texas was postponed with the COVID situation, but Kansas is not. You know, every time they take a step forward, they take two steps back. 11-6. and six. It'll be interesting at the end of the year with these teams, and you're still getting pretty good value in that, you know, Tennessee was only a three-point home favorite. You know, Tennessee's a very good club, 12-3, and three, you know, 10-2 and two at home now. They're not a slouch, and they were only a three-point favorite over Kansas. A lot of reputation betting there, a lot of reputation on Kansas. And you know what? They're just they're just not that good this year. They're not awful, but it'll be interesting to see at the end of the year if they get the benefit of the doubt. I think they will. 
uh, in getting an NCAA tournament. Uh, they will. Dookie Pukies will. I think Kentucky has fallen too far back, uh, but if they got you know within contention, I, I think they would. Creighton survived a little bit. They were down uh, in that game, 69-62. They beat DePaul. Purdue was down big, but they rallied to beat Minnesota. In fact, blew them away, 81-62. And then uh, late last night, 57-52, UCLA over Oregon State. So nothing crazy. Just a ton of college basketball games yesterday that got postponed because of the COVID situation. That's going to happen. I don't know if they'll make these games up or not, but uh, not that it's a non-story, but it's just a story that we've dealt with so many times that it's just, all right, don't play. What can I tell you? All right, uh, coming up 37 past the hour, opposite picks on a Sunday morning, Sirius XM Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. First time, I kind of it's kind of in the moment type thing. Um, you don't necessarily. It's not like it's premeditated. I guess that'd be the word for it. Watching my Law and Order, um, but uh, no, it's it's just something that kind of comes out whenever you're in the when you're in the game and and you're trying to do what you can uh, to to win and you, you kind of let that excitement out. But uh, uh, it's not that I feel disrespected. I mean, uh, I mean, we 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 get a lot of respect in this, but at the same time. Uh, this this team, it's it's like uh, we weren't winning by enough. I guess that's a stat. Um, so we wanted to make sure everybody knew that we could still play good football when we wanted to. Really, for me as a player, um, to switch teams, which you know that that takes a lot, and to move my family and to go to a different conference, and then to keep building the way we did and develop a rapport with the guys that we have here. I mean, there's so much about football is about the relationship you get with your teammates, your coaches, and um, it's certainly. Uh, the fact that we're still playing is feels really good for me and understand we put a lot into it. And, um, you know, hopefully we can go finish the job. That would be the best part about the season is winning the last game. Always, it's always been a goal to win the last game of the year. So we got an opportunity to do it. It's certainly not going to be easy. And uh, it's going to take everything we got. We're going up against a great championship level team. And it's going to take our best. Yeah, going to take their best. That is for sure as we get uh, one week away from Super Bowl 55. Pat Mahomes there, Kansas City Chefs quarterback to start, and then uh, Tom Brady there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers talking about how difficult it was. Now, he didn't necessarily have to move his family, oh, by the way. You know, it, it's not like he couldn't afford to go back and forth to uh, New England every once in a while. So don't, don't make it seem like he's flying Southwest Airlines here. You know, I mean, sitting in coach uh, next to, to Bubba and, and uh, Edith. Uh, you know, he, he's got a gazillion dollars. He could have homes in uh, hell. He could have a home in every state in the union, to tell you the truth. So and that, that's not – don't bleed, uh, you know, sympathy, uh, Tom, uh, because of that. But uh, is, it was difficult as far as picking up and then starting new from – being in New England for 20 years, yeah, I'm sure it's a little weird. I, I wouldn't say difficult. I would say it was a little weird. Uh, and it took him a little while to get going. And, you know, 
they got one really good win. You know, the New Orleans always fails, right? I mean, they're going to beat Washington. Washington had no business being in the postseason. We know that. So that was a given. Uh, they beat the Saints, who who fail every single year in the postseason. I mean, it is what it is, whether it's the Vikings, whether it's this, whether it's the Bucks, whether it's that. I mean, they, they just – I don't know why. I don't know what it is about that club, but they just never were able to get it done in the postseason, uh, except for the one year, obviously. Uh, and then they, they, the one nice win they got was at Green Bay. You got to give them credit for that last week. I mean, you beat Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field, cold weather and everything else. Um, but they, you know, and they are playing well, but their road to the Super Bowl hasn't been that difficult, even though they've won three straight times on the road, which is not easy to do. However, without fans in the stands, it does make it a little bit easier. Do I think they would have won those games if fans were in the stands? Um, yeah, probably. I'm not a big, big, big believer in fans making that big a difference. So ultimately, the Saints were going to choke. They did before at home, so why not this year? Packers at Lambeau, that would have been a little different, but, you know, uh, Rodgers has to now deal with the choke side. So it wasn't that, that big a deal. And you look at who the teams they beat, you know, it goes back to them being 1-5, and five, was it 1-5, 1-6, whatever it was against winning teams this season. And here they sit in the Super Bowl. So they fell behind 17-0 against Kansas City. I haven't given my official pick yet out. I'm going to do a little, you know, I'll sit on it and delve on it and, and get into it a little bit more. But I am leaning, honestly, towards Kansas City. But... I'm kind of rooting for New England or uh, Tampa Bay, but then I'm kind of rooting for Kansas City because I had this thing about these quarterbacks making a gazillion dollars like Brady ultimately does, and I don't want those teams to win Super Bowls just so I could tell other teams don't do it, don't pay guys 30, 35 million, don't don't do it Dallas, don't pay Dak 40 million dollars, you'll never win. Because uh, no quarterback making $30 million has, has won a Super Bowl. The highest paid quarterback is, is Peyton Manning. Other than that, all these guys that made all these big bucks, Russell Wilson, they, when they all won their Super Bowls, Ben Roethlisberger's when they were making no money, Joe Flacco, uh, the, the Drew Brees, it's all when they were making no money. You pay a guy $25, $30, 35000000 million in, in the salary cap world, you're not going to be able to surround them with winning talent, not Super Bowl winning talent. And that's been my you know speech for the longest time. Brady makes good money. Mahomes doesn't. This year, he will when his contract extension kicks in. But for this year, it hasn't. So I'm, from that standpoint, I'm rooting for Kansas City. But sentimentality, I'm rooting for uh, for Brady. I'd like to see him stick to Belichick. I, that I would. Um, I'd like to see the Celtic fan, the Bruin fan, uh, you know, the Patriot fan, obviously, the Red Sox fan, have a little bit something to cheer for this year. Red Sox were awful. Bruins... You know, with Tuka Rask bailing out on them and the Patriots don't even get me started. So they need, uh, after having a good little run of champions, if this is a secondary championship for the Boston sports fan, then then so be it. And I do believe, and that would be a good poll question, but I, I, I bet you, without living in Boston, but following it a little just because I'm a, a Boston fan for the most part, I would think the split on Bostonians rooting for Brady I think it's overwhelming. I bet it's 90-10. I really do. I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know for sure. Uh, maybe 80-20, but I definitely more than three out of four. I, I would think it's between 80 and 90 to one. For every, you know, maybe one uh, negative guy on Brady, there'd be eight or nine positives. Uh, I, I bet that's really the case. So, But I, I do wonder, you know, getting a, you know, having, again, these so-called insiders, Having someone talk to Belichick now 
You know, CBS is doing the game. They got to get Belichick. They just have to. I don't care if you have to pay him. You, he's got to come out and say something too. And silence is is you know really golden here. Silence is making a statement. It is. You know, they let word out that the um, the owner of the Patriots crap spoke to Bel- to Brady. So if the owner did, you know, maybe, maybe you could say it's not the head coach's position, but you know, maybe not while he's playing. But in this two week down period, somewhere along the line. Even if it's a, listen, I haven't spoken to him. I won't interrupt his his game plan and getting away or anything along those lines. But um, you know what? Congratulations to him. It was a good year. We parted on good terms. No big deal. I'm happy for him. Give me give me some BS from Belichick, which I know is not his MO. I, I get that. That's not like uh, he's going to you know be saying BS. But you know what? Not saying anything says an awful lot about Belichick. It really does. So I, I'd like to see Brady win another Super Bowl. Would he retire? Probably not. You know, I, I don't think winning and losing, as crazy as it sounds, has anything to do with his decision to continue playing. You know, he obviously enjoys winning. He wants to win and everything. But I, I don't think – and I know those questions will come up, right, and rightfully so if he wins. Is this it, Tom? You know, no. Then, you know, why are you playing now? Because I want to get an eighth championship. I mean, really, is, is it worth all the aggravation? Uh, and he might say, yep. Yep, it is. I don't want to be home. You know, little lady's not bad looking, but boy, she's a pain in the ass like the rest of them. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not going home. No, thank you. Love my kids from a distance. You know, they can help me. They can watch me play. Perfect little relationship. She does her thing. I do mine. Why ruin a good thing? He, he may say that. You know, bucks aren't going to kick him out the door, right? He may get killed in the process as he gets slower and slower in the pocket. But um, I don't doubt for a second he'll be back next year as he's talking about playing two or three more years. It's amazing. It is just, I don't know what they're going to do or what's going to have to occur for him to all of a sudden wake up and realize that his time is over. But you get to a Super Bowl, it's hard to make that case now. It really is. Speaking of Brady, they uh, someone came up with a story. They delved into his contract situation. Not bad. He earned $500,000 for making the playoffs. Pretty good. Half a million dollars just for making a playoffs. Now it's been a long time since the Bucks made the postseason, so okay. He won uh, one. He made two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for winning a playoff game against Washington. He made five hundred thousand dollars, another half a million dollars for winning the next game and making the NFC Championship game. He made another half a million dollars for winning the NFC Championship game and making the Super Bowl. And then I guess he's going to make another half a million dollars if they win the Super Bowl. So he's going to earn $2.2 million in bonuses if he wins the Super Bowl, which on the surface doesn't seem like that much. But when you break it down like a half a million, half a million, half a million, half a million, well, hold on. What are we paying you the $25 million we're paying you for anyway? We're not paying you $20, $25 million to not make the playoffs. We're not paying you $20, $25 million not to win a wild card game. You know, in in some ways, and not some, but definitely, you know, he earned himself an extra $250,000 by not winning the division, by having to play in a wild card game, by not having the number one overall record anyway this year because of the playoff format. Interesting. But, you know, we're paying you $20 million, and then we have to pay you even more for you to be successful. (laughs) That is just, wow, sports 2021. Want some more Bradyisms? Uh, I saw this on uh, CBSSports.com. 
get credit where credit's due. He's going to become the first quarterback uh, to start a Super Bowl game in three different decades. This is going to be his 10th Super Bowl. We know that. That's the most of any quarterback in NFL history. Ten Super Bowls. This guy, just by comparison's sake, is in more Super Bowls than Matthew Stafford's been in playoff games. This guy has won, well, more. He's won more playoff games than Matthew Stafford has been in playoff games in one year if he wins the Super Bowl. He would have beat Washington. He would have beat um, New Orleans. He'd beat Green Bay. And he'd beat Kansas City. Those four wins represent more games than Matthew Stafford has played in the postseason. He's 0-3. He's won more in one year. Wow. Yeah, you'll get, you, you, you keep on giving up those uh, second, uh, first-round draft choices. Uh, more Bradyism. He's the all-time leader in Super Bowl completions, 256. Passing touchdowns, 18. Passing yards, 2,800. Wow. And he'll become just the second quarterback to win a Super Bowl uh, with two different teams if he wins, Peyton Manning being the other one. I started thinking about that. You know, I was watching the um, – I was watching the Jets, uh, NFL Network's doing a pretty good job. They're, they're um, just replaying old Super Bowls. They're, they're condensing them down into about an hour or so. So I was watching the uh, the Jets, the Colts one the other day, or, uh, yesterday actually, last night, flipping the channels. And uh, now Earl Morrill did start the game for the Colts. But as we all know, he, he played lousy and maybe he was on a take. Maybe he wasn't. Who knows? But he was just brutal. So in, in comes Johnny Unitas, and obviously you got Joe Namath on the other side. And I'm thinking, what's the most quarterbacks that have been in a Hall of that are Hall of Fame quarterbacks that have played in the Super Bowl? Now you'd automatically say, well, well, two a zillion times, right? And yeah, but I just wonder if there was three anywhere along the line. Was there a quarterback that's in the Hall of Fame like Unitas that wasn't a starter and got to play? Like, Morrill was not nowhere close to a Hall of Fame quarterback. Good quarterback, played for the Dolphins, helped him in that undefeated season. Really the main guy, to tell you the truth, not greasy. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was anywhere along the line a backup quarterback. Has there ever been any three Hall of Fame quarterbacks that have played in one Super Bowl? I don't think so. It's goofy questions like that to bring up here on the morning show. Opposite picks will close up shop next right here. Sirius XM Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Such a dumb question after all, was it? I found one. You had, and I and I thought that there were a couple of opportunities that I thought maybe, just maybe, and one was Steve Young with San Francisco. And yes, he played in the 55 
um, 10 win over the Denver Broncos. So you had Elway for Denver, you had Montana for the Niners, and you had Steve Young was two or three for 20 yards in that 55-10 win. So we have had a super little little water cooler pop quiz time. Most Hall of Fame quarterbacks starting or uh, most Hall of Fame quarterbacks playing in one Super Bowl. We did have three in the uh, the 89-90 season, uh, 55-10. So there you go. What does it all mean? No, nothing really. I'm just curious. You know, the little things pop in my brain. You know, like I said, when I was watching the game last night, the highlights, uh, I just said, you know, I wonder, uh, you know, what the uh, the most is. But we had three. I mean, maybe four somewhere along the line, but I don't I don't think so. Pressing it at the three. I right, update the poll question here uh, one more time. Uh, who won the uh, Stafford golf trade last night? Uh, Detroit Lions leading away 53% of the vote. L.A. Rams getting 33 uh, NFC North teams with them losing Stafford, gaining golf uh, with the Lions, getting 10% of the vote. And the NFC West, same scenario, getting just uh, 3% of the vote. Go to your opposite picks feed and uh, get that in. We'll update that uh, tomorrow morning to our, our morning show. Don't forget Monday through Friday right here, uh, 5 to 7 a.m. Eastern time. And then uh, always on Sundays as well from uh, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern time. Get a little bit of a reprieve. A couple of stories here that we didn't have time to delve into. Uh, not too much anyway. Big time better put uh, apparently $2.3 million on the Buccaneers plus three and a half. How about that? And uh, the Washington Wizards say they are not looking to trade Bradley Beal. Boy, everyone wants to be moved these days. Yeah, good luck. Worst record in the NBA. Have yourselves a great Sunday. We'll be back tomorrow morning right here at 5 a.m. Enjoy your day off and be careful with that snow. Scott Wetzel, lots of picks.